0: Podcast
1: of Dole Fisher. Hello and welcome. This is Woman Alive with me, Tola Dole Fisher. This is the podcast for Christian women where I'm chatting with real women about real life and real faith. I was
0: trying to be a topless model, I was doing topless modeling. And Jesus like transformed my life, and I would be very exhibitionist on the beach, topless, bikinis, g-strings, whatever, and I didn't feel anything about it. But for me, it was actually God convicted me and said, "This is not going to be what you're wearing anymore."
2: It's about the mystery, isn't it? It's like, who is that woman? I can't see her body, so who is she? And it just arouses the curiosity. I can't explain why, but there is something about modesty. It kind of, it sends off a certain air about a woman, which is saying to maybe the opposite sex, there's more to me than just my body.
3: I've heard from guys as well, that sometimes if you're quite modestly dressed, it's almost more... More of a turn on because it's kind of like what I'm imagining what's underneath
1: rather than I'm I'm just seeing what's underneath. Yeah, yeah. You can't win either way. The Woman Alive Podcast is produced in partnership with Open Doors. Hello and welcome. This is the Woman Alive Podcast, and today I'm speaking with three amazing women. Marcia Dixon is a PR expert, speaker, and recently first-time author. Uh, Lizzie Hutchinson is an expert copywriter in the advertising world and Leah Levin-Martins is a modest swimwear designer. Welcome Marcia, Lizzie and Leah. So we all want to get to know you a little bit better uh, so I'm going to start with a bit of an icebreaker. Um, this is a game so if you're competitive make sure you're ready to win. Uh, I'm joking It's not. it's not that kind of game. Um, I wanted to imagine you're off on holiday to a tropical island. And we're talking like 30, 40 degrees Celsius, not this English weather where we're like, oh, it's 20 degrees. Let's just be outside naked. We're talking about real, real tropical weather. So I'm going to list three items and then I'm going to go to each one of you. And you can tell me whether that is coming within a suitcase or staying at home. And we've got some imagery. I'm going to try and describe for people that are listening all right, so the first item is a full length uh, royal blue maxi dress, strapless. Uh, it's quite a, uh, a relaxed, kind of light courage material um, and it has a drawstring in the middle to kind of accentuate the waist. So it's floor-length, um, strapless, maxi dress. Lizzie, is this coming with you or is it staying at home? I actually do love a maxi dress. So yeah, I think I, that's that's definitely in the bag for
3: me. Okay, Leah, what do you think? Um, I also do
0: enjoy a maxi, but I can't deal with that kind of fabric. I'll get sweat patches, so <laughs> i would bring that. That jersey blue will show everything for me, unless it was black, maybe.
1: <laughs> jersey, that's my material, jersey. Okay, uh, Marcia, is this covering a midi or going staying at home? Staying at home, too long for me. I prefer a midi. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, uh, second item, please, let's get that up. All right, so what we're looking at here is a pair of short denim shorts, Uh, got a drawstring, some pockets, and I'd say they're probably like the top to mid thigh length. Again, Lizzie, is this coming with you or is it staying at home? Well, I will say denim is like not the thinnest of fabrics,
3: but if this is the only pair of shorts I'm getting, then I probably should take them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Leah, is this coming with you or staying at home? um they are gonna stay at home for me okay and marcia are they coming with you or are these short shorts staying at home those short shorts are staying at home (laughs) (laughs) only lizzie's in favor of the short shorts all right and the last item um this Is okay, this is a black string bikini. Um it has a triangle kind of bikini top and thong bikini bottoms, uh, actually drawstring at the neck and drawstring at the hips. Uh and black. Okay, so Lizzie, is this coming with you or staying at home? Oh, you had me until thong. I'm not sure about the thong element to this. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm fine with. (laughs) All right, so perhaps the top. But not the bottoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh Leah, what about what about you? Well,
0: not for me. If you'd have asked me maybe ten years ago, I would have taken that in the half.
1: No. It'll be staying at home for me. And is that the same reason as Lizzie? You're not a fan of thong bottoms or just not the whole bikini in general? No, like before I would have done
0: Happily Topless and thong, G string anything, but no. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan
1: of bikinis any No bikinis. For myself, you. yeah. All right and um, Marcy, what about you right i'm just about a fan of swimming costumes only because of my figure
2: it's not the greatest figure so that is definitely staying at home and it's I more don't... to do it's more to do with aesthetics you know my i think you have to to wear a bikini successfully i think you have to have the figure for it and i don't
1: Look, Marcia, I love you, but I, I have to disagree with you there about having a certain figure for a bikini because oh, really? I've been to Brazil and I've seen some incredible <laughs> bikinis on some, all sizes and oh, really? look, and looks absolutely perfect. So um, I'm going to disagree with you there. Sorry, okay. I shouldn't ask okay. the host, but I, I'm going to say I disagree. But I accept <laughs> okay. that you want to leave it at home. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. Staying at home. Staying at home. Okay. Um, so, all three of these amazing women, Leah, uh, Lizzie, and Marty, have all written for Woman Alive, either in print or online at womanalive.co.uk. And the article that we are going to be discussing today was written by Lizzie. And the article headline is Should Christian Women Wear Teenies? Lizzie, if you just wouldn't mind reading a little bit uh, from the article so you can, meet our listeners can get an idea of what you were saying. Sure thing. Um so a little extract is,
3: uh, back when I went to my conservative with a big, little and every other kind of sea, Christian camp, there was much to be said on the matter. Well, actually, nothing was ever said, but a lot was very much implied. Swimsuits were appropriate, Speedo or Bowden being the preferred suppliers, and anything else would cause your brothers to stumble. Which is inter- interesting, as they managed to take their shirts off without any of us passing out.
1: I love that ending um okay so I, I mean i think this this idea about women uh, covering up is pretty relatable for, for lots of christian women and um, but i want to just throw it out to you guys so Leah and or marcia have any you experienced this this kind of this kind of thing
2: i i'm i come from a church tradition i've been in the church for a long time where when i first started as a teenager there were rules with regards to dress you know there was a heavy stress that you should be Modest, which meant covering up, uh, you know, long skirts, no boobs, uh, keep your arms covered. And all around, keep your arms covered and you're all that <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of stuff. However, it's relaxed over the years. But I do you know, I'm remnants of that is, is still in me. So I do think it's important for Christian women to be inverted, commas modest. I know that there's various different um, interpretations of what that means. And I'm, when I talk about modest, I suppose I'm more talking about within a church context. I do think that when you go to, um, and as with any situation that you're in, I do think that there's appropriate and inappropriate wear for particular situations. So I'll give an, ex- give an example. I remember maybe about 15 years ago at a church and this woman, woman came. Maybe it was the only outfit that she had to church. And her skirt was her shorts were so short I kind of couldn't talk because I was really shocked to see somebody in church dressed dressed like that. But I do I can see Toller kind of laughing. But I do but I do but I do understand for some people that's all that they have. I don't know. I don't think she was a Christian or what have you. But in other instances, I do think you know if you're gonna if you're a worshiper if you're a gospel singer etc. I do think that you're. How you dress, I think the focus should be on what you're doing, not on what you're wearing, even though I think you should look, look really nice. I think cleavage is out, short too short a dress is out, um, anything too tight. I've read stories where um, American women, one woman, I remember from a, in a magazine she was writing, she would deliberately buy clothes that was one size too tight because she wanted to catch the eye of the partner. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, there's a gender imbalance in the church. So people are trying to do what they can do. Aren't... <laughs> yes, they are. But I'm, just, but I'm just saying, you know,
2: sometimes with, with dress, we all want to look nice, but some of it is attention seeking. And I, I, I believe in modesty. I love how Muslim women dress. I love the mixture of the elegance with their fashion. And I think that class, class beats trying to be inverted comma sexy all the way for me.
1: Well, uh, you talked about this being uh, specifically. You mentioned church setting, but uh, this kind of this article for, uh, from Lizzie was more about kind of swimwear. And I know Leah that one of your things um, uh, that you're quite passionate about is kind sort of modest swimwear. So can you speak a little bit to that? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit of my story was I was trying to be a topless model. I was doing topless modelling, and then Jesus like transformed my life. And I would be very exhibitionist on the beach, topless, bikinis, G-strings, whatever. And I didn't feel anything about it. But for me, it was actually God convicted me and said, this is not going to be what you're wearing anymore. And I felt him say to me, I need you to be dressed at all times, whether on the land or on the sand, as it were. But it, I just sensed it. it was like I always used to be in a position to minister. And as in a bikini, I just didn't feel like if Holy spirit was like, go over and... Pray to this guy go and say this or whatever stand in the bikini yeah originally I could just throw a sarong on but it just didn't ever feel right and then he kind of like led me to design and make modest swimwear which in a way sets me apart on the beach and it kind of brings people to look and think like why are you dressed like that like it's hot you've got a good body why would you do that and then it's like a way a means to say look I have a bigger agenda here it's um, not me
1: um, thanks, Leah. I, I I just want to know for, just so for, for listeners, what does modest swimwear mean? So when you say you're creating, what does that look like? Yeah,
0: so kind of like what Marcia said, um, there are different levels and interpretations of modesty, but I think there's a, a kind of rough baseline. So the Muslim modest swimwear would be like complete full coverage, sometimes even covering the head. But my version of modest swimwear is just like basically a tankini that never um, shows your cleavage or your butt cheeks or your midriff. So some people say, I don't think your swimwear's that modest because it shows your arms and some of your back. Mm-hmm. But for me, a tankini is quite decent as long as your bum cheeks aren't hanging out and your cleavage. So I've kind of struggled to find tankini sets that weren't revealing the cleavage when I first started looking. So that's why I decided to make them. And I even had some of the cu- my customers who buy my modesty panels, which are these fake vests that you attach to cover your cleavage, they were buying them and sewing them onto their tankinis, which I used to do. Uh, and that made me think, right, we just need more fabric. Then,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I love that. Um, so those people that want to have a look at that, your website is com. Is that right? So com, And you do explain, you've got a, a great graphic, which just kind of shows the difference between um, uh, kind of the extreme as Islam, kind of cover-ups um, for kind of burqa and, and and what they would wear to swim, and then you have the other end of, I guess the kind of string bikini and thong bikinis and things, and then yours is a little bit more of a middle ground. What you consider yeah. to be modest, but you're you know you're not covering up every inch of skin. Exactly. So it's
0: it's not quite the industry standard tankini because they come with like little knickers. But they're still okay. tan. His mind's just after that, but then it's not quite there. Let's cover all of our legs as well. Yeah, because I want a bit of suntan. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> and and Lizzie, how do you feel just with this conversation we're talking? Uh, we've talked from, we've heard from Marcy and Leah just talking about. Uh, they seem to lean towards more covering up, whether that's in church or on the beach. And um, how, how do you feel about about their their comments? It's so interesting, honestly,
3: I think what's interesting is that you've i guess we're all kind of shaped by our own experiences and and kind of stories and um, and I guess yeah p- part of part of me thinks like this nudity is on you know somewhere or, or clothing is definitely like contextual, and so it would be kind of inappropriate for me to happen to church with the bikini because I'd be the only one, and it would cause a bit of a stare I <laughs> <on> mean. <laughs> <laughs> but on a beach where it's kind of the norm I don't feel like I'm attracting like undue attention because I'm kind of one of a, a lot of women in that sort of situation but then part of part of me thinks I always try and dress in church like in my in my normal clothes if you know what I mean because I'm always like well like, I don't want to be like inconsistent either like I want to kind of if I'm wearing a pair of shorts in the day I, w- I don't want to feel like I'm changing for church because yeah I want Jesus to feel like You know, I know he's seen me in the park. I know he's going to see me at church. It's not (laughs) Um, a sort of like a sort of bit of a barrier. But um, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think. Can I share, like,
0: sorry to cut you, Lizzie, but do you guys know how the bikini came about? Because I must just quickly tell you. Talk talk through. Yeah, I gave her. I think you put this on the website, didn't you? So, yeah. It's on my Instagram, just in a nutshell, It was actually invented in 1946 by a French man. And he worked in an underwear factory with his parents. So he's seeing ladies in underwear all the time. And he was kind of thinking to himself, how can I get ladies to wear this outside? So he made it waterproof, but no model would wear it. So he had to hire a 19-year-old French nude, nude dancer, aka stripper, to wear it because no one would wear it. And it, because they said it's literally like underwear. And then obviously over time, it blew up and became like just normal but at first, like it, it was just like, this is just underwear that can get wet. So it's kind of like the, the very fact for me that he even had to ask a stripper who's only 19, which for me is a, the quite a vulnerable young girl, to wear it. It's just, it just I don't know, I just wanted to share that because, yeah, this group of women designing stuff saying, I'm so hot on the beach, I want to wear Bam Bam, bam and, and It was a man who was like, how can I get the equivalent of knickers and bra outside? And now it's normal,
1: but... That is really fascinating, yeah. I don't think um, that's the first time I've heard it. I'm sure uh, for our listeners as well, that'll be the first time they've heard that. I mean, we know that a lot of women's fashion is created by men and designed by men, which is really frustrating, actually, um, because they don't know our figures. You know, we've all got different figures um, and bodies. So where are, you know, I'm just going to, if we look at the Bible and kind of see where references to, to clothing um, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, it says, I also want the women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. And then I feel like that has been, um, in my experience, I've been in churches where that's been bashed over our heads a bit. Um and women are not allowed to to stand out at all so I, I I know someone who's been told not to cut her hair because women should have long hair you know I've had chemotherapy, so when I have no hair, I was like, Why does this need me i've got nothing you know, am I really woman and not wearing jewelry and not wearing makeup and Marcia, you mentioned earlier just being in at a church where how you dress was really important um did you did you have you ever felt as though you're being your Uh, Kind of way of dressing is being curbed uh, unduly. I think um, in within the
2: black Pentecostal context, what what was happening was that we couldn't. We had to be very modest. We also couldn't wear makeup or jewelry. So when I was a teenager, I used to wear lipstick. Came into church, couldn't couldn't wear it. But um, over time, there's been a change, and part of that change became because our churches were very much aligned with the American um, churches. And the American women would come over here and they'd have the nails and their faces would be made up and they'd have the jewellery. And sort of like over here we'd be saying, there's a contradiction here because they're coming, they're worshipping, they're making us feel great, they're sharing the word. But they look different. We kind of look a bit dry in comparison. (laughs) And uh, and so what happened in the various church denominations is that we all kind of pushed um, to say, well, where is the evidence that we can't wear makeup and uh, and jewelry? So, and even in terms of our dress, we wanted to be fashionable because Christian women weren't really known for being fashionable. Mm. So, there's over the years, there's been a move away. So, back in the day when I was a young Christian, you could put your hand up and say, black Christian women used to look a bit dry. You can't say it. you cannot say that now because there's been such a transformation. I'm not sure if all that transformation has been good personally, mm-hmm. but there has been um, a transformation in terms of people's self-expression, Christian women's self-expression through dress. I still think modesty should undergird how you dress, and I know as Leah has said that modesty is debatable, but I do think there there is such a thing as modesty, and we should uh, we should try and. Uh, dress
1: according to that let's just have a a quick think about my least favorite tv show um in which bikinis are all over the place. love island love (laughs) island have any i mean we all know what it is has anyone watched at least one episode have you all watched at least one episode yeah
2: yeah i've watched little bits So I've just seen it in the news. So I know that Mm -hmm. they... It's sucked in, didn't you? Good-looking young people who don't
1: wear a lot. That's all I I know. That's all I know. Um, And, I mean, they're constantly, I mean, the women, are constantly in bikinis, um, but they are also in a really hot country and uh, always out in the sun. So do we think that is influencing the way we dress, kind of on the beach or... um, just kind of in in general, year you were talking about like just dressing a bit more kind of to the times. Um and that's where the Pentacles of Church became a bit more relaxed about dressing. Is that are we getting our influence from media? I mean I'm saying Love Island as an example, but you know, there are many other so. I do I think we,
2: we're heavily influenced by media. My generation was influenced by media. You can't get you can't get away from it at all. Um and it, it's even more pervasive because it's there's social media. So whatever's on TV is then replicated on social media and there's all kinds of studies now talking about the impact that social media is having on um, young people. That's why it's so important to for people to know their faith, understand what their faith is saying with regard to every aspect of their behaviour and um, try not to be too influenced by inverted commas the world.
1: It's interesting hearing all of your, your kind of perspectives because I, I, I love... Bikinis. Uh, for me, I, I have co- I've got confidence from wearing a bikini, and um, I'm not doing it wearing a bikini, or I'm not not wearing a swimsuit because I'm trying to uh, attract any kind of attention. I mean, I've got long legs, and for a while I was a tall black girl with no hair, so I got enough attention. I want attention, but you know, there is something about actually uh, is this this idea of modesty? Is it because we're trying to protect men from something? If there were just women in the world. Would we all be happy to wear a bikini? Leah.
0: If you're bi or gay, I mean sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good, point. That's a good but yeah, that also made a good point. for okay, so me, I think it's not just about men as well, it's about women. Like I think it's great that you found confidence with in a bikini. And like I'm not here to say that Christians shouldn't wear bikinis, but I if I was you, and not that you have to, I would find a very supportive tankini top and then a really lovely pair of shorts, which I know exists, but they might be a little bit more expensive. The whole thing about, you know, is it just about the guys and keeping them safe? It's about, for me, like I struggled with lust, and I've had a big battle with that kind of sexual side of things because of my history. And yeah, I've been saved, but God's had to do a lot of work on that. And by covering me up, he's not only... um protecting like guys from looking at me in a lustful way he's protecting me from having a guy approach me because he likes my body and then my own weakness basically surrendering to his charm so but by covering up I kind of uh, deter them I'm not even gonna lie I actually do deter them more than when I was in with bikini and also when I see a lot of flesh I find it quite triggering actually and I know so many guys that Christian guys and non Christian guys, when summer comes around and beaches and holidays, they do find it triggering. Like they are super visual, but we're also in a like sex crazed culture where people have had so much access to pornography that they don't even mean to objectify people and they can't help but imagine someone naked, let alone seeing them half naked on a beach and wet. Uh, Just going to add that in because that's like an added layer of sexiness. And uh, especially if the the G strings down and the girls are wrestling in their underwear, I'm
1: sorry, but it's it can be arousing. And I think well, like all of those. I was gonna say, what beaches are you going to see where girls I are wrestling in string bikinis?
0: Bikini. but people like maybe not down Pebbly <laughs> Brighton, but I was at all the last couple of years. And like you yeah, know, you get like twenty year olds, nineteen year olds wrestling. Like I used to play fight all the time with my friends, but when you're doing it in the bikini. I don't know, maybe I've just seen too much of the wrong stuff when I found it triggering, but yeah, I have a lot of male friends that say the same and I just feel like by having a little extra coverage on, you're forcing men to see more to you as a woman than just your body. And it's helping them. I think it's helping them. I I really think that those men, like, are struggling a lot. And as Christian sisters, like it is our responsibility to Encourage them in the purity, in their purity, because they're either our future husbands, if you're single like me, our future pastors, our future parents of boys and girls. And, you know, if we can encourage them to not be looking at people lustfully just by covering up a little bit, maybe I'm being too extreme. Maybe I am. I don't know. (laughs) I think
1: he makes, you know, he makes some really good points. Um, And, we're all kind of visual creatures that we you know we are created in God's image and God create has created this beautiful world so we are, we you know we are visual creatures and we love looking at and um, beautiful things and um, do do we think this is a cultural thing though because so where if we're talking about you know just now you mentioned Leah uh, going to beaches and girls were uh, wrestling in bikinis uh, so in brazil i remember seeing people do volleyball in bikinis but there are tribes around the world, I'm from Nigeria, where uh, people don't wear very much. The men aren't particularly bothered by it. And is this a cultural thing where, you know, in the West, are we too sexualized to be able to look at somebody with their flesh exposed and not be able to deal with it? And I want to th- uh, ask Marcia what, if you've got any thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the west is quite sexualized. I remember having a debate about this on uh, social media and a Nigerian guy came and said that um um in Nigeria, um you know, seeing someone with boobs is nothing. You know, it's just it's just their body. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously something about European um culture that has sexualized certain bits of the human body for us to feel that we need to be kind of quite quite modest and I I don't know how to overcome that. Um, because it is, what it, it is what it is. So, um, you know, we just better get reading that, really. But we, we just need to take on board what Paul is saying with regards to um, British culture or European culture and um, um, American culture, which is that you keep covered. But in other, other parts of the world, they're quite relaxed about their bodies. So like I've been to Brazil, they, they love their bodies. It's a, it's a body-beautiful um, culture. But I do think that whatever culture you're part of, the scripture still—if uh, you're a Christian—it should still undergird how you how you dress. In my personal um, opinion, but if I was God was to take me to a tribe where they don't wear any clothes, I would just have to accommodate. I'd wear my—I'd wear some clothes though, but I would just have to kind of
1: accept that that is the way that they um, they dress. So you wouldn't be kind of saying for them, you know, should you be a bit more modest and cover up?
2: <laughs> not if, not if, not if their cult. Not if for them, you know, being naked is is uh, not having a lot on is not seen as a sexual thing. It's just, it's just what they wear. And I think, um, I think what I'm I'm trying to say in 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 uh Western culture, it's particularly more so the human body it's sexualized. Our boobs and our, our our bums or whatever, where they're sexualized and hence the kind of and the fact that sex is used to sell everything i that just annoys me it purely because it kind of debases what sex is about it's supposed to be about intimacy and closeness and love and we've just made it into this thing i'll use it to sell um,
3: hamburgers use it to sell cars use it to sell shoes and that's not what um sex is for just because this has been niggling me as well. Like, I've heard from guys as well that sometimes if you're quite modestly dressed, it's almost more, like, more of a turn on because it's kind of like, what oh, I'm imagining what's underneath rather than I'm I'm just seeing what's underneath. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you can't win either way. I think
2: that not having clothing is about, I mean, sorry, being modestly dressed. It's about the mystery, isn't it? It's a but- like, who is that woman? I can't see, you know, I, I can't see her body. So who is she? And it just arouses the curiosity. A friend of mine, she went to, she was in a club and uh, two women came in. One was modestly dressed, the other was very sexually dressed. And um, the security guard made a comment to her that the, as far as he was concerned, the wife, the, the woman who was wife material was the one who was modestly dressed. You know, I can't explain why, but there is something about modesty, it kind of it sends off a certain air about a woman which is saying to maybe the opposite sex, there's more to me than just my body.
1: Well, um, you know, Lizzie, that's an interesting point about, uh, I've, I've heard someone say, and I can't remember which podcast it was on, where someone said, if if, if men, we're talking about men and women specifically, heterosexual men, um, if men want to, they can sexualise a tree. So this idea that by exposing our bodies, what she was saying is, this idea that by doing that we're making it worse for them she was kind of saying well well, no essentially you could be completely covered up and still be attracting the same kind of attention Um, but this conversation can become quite judgmental and don't want it to become a them and us situation because it often is women against women and women kind of almost shaming each other for wearing not wearing enough clothes or um, potentially being judgmental about people that wear uh, a lot or cover up a lot more, uh Lizzie. Because this this article came from you, the original article. How do you think we should be just encouraging women kind of their the confidence about what we wear?
3: Mm. Yeah, I didn't mention this, but what I, th- I think sort of tried to under the kind of attitude it was coming from was that I think women should be able to be free to choose whatever they want to wear. And I guess like kind of coming at it from the the kind of physical perspective, and in, in as you were saying as well, sort of like. You know, I'm very tall, so I I, I didn't mention this, but like it's, it was a quite a nightmare to find a swimsuit unless you walk
1: around with a wedgie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you got a long, a long, a long body or a long torso. Yes, yeah, yes. In the opposite short torso, long legs.
3: <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I think it's just like I just want the flexibility for people to choose something they feel really confident in and then wear that. You know, and if that is, uh, you know, leggings and a t-shirt, then go for it. Like I'm not going to ever make anyone you know, wear less. Um, but just for those who feel like, oh, actually, I feel quite empowered in the bikini. Like I feel this is kind of, you know, it's kind of a bit of my personality or it's kind of the colours I choose. Then I guess I'd feel that people should be able to express that as well. Woman Alive
2: with Tolla This
1: section is called Great Expectations and it's a section where I read out a question that has come in from one of our readers to Women Alive um, and it's about sex and relationships and then one of the Women Alive panel attempts to help that reader with their with their uh, dilemma. So today I'm going to ask you guys, Lizzie, Leah and Marcia to help answer this reader question and I'm going to read the question out. I don't fancy my husband and I don't know what to do. So this is a letter from the reader. Dear Women of Live Panel, I've been struggling and surely can't be alone in this. I simply don't fancy my husband. I know most people get mad because they fancy each other, and I fancied him a bit, but only a bit. The reality is that churches are full of gorgeous single women and just a handful of single men who are often not that attractive and are able to take their pick of women much more attractive than themselves, meaning they often have poor attitudes too. I suppose that when he asked me, it seemed like a good idea. I didn't have any other options within the church. I hoped that when we had a sexual relationship, this might change, but it didn't. We are still together and plan always to be. He is kind and I love him. I know he really fancies me, but I can't make myself feel the same. I'm sure others must be in this position... It's not a sexuality thing. I've really fancied and had great sexual chemistry with men in the past, although not all Christians. It's just him. I'll throw it out to all three of you and whoever wants to go first, what should this reader do? Okay. Well, I was just thinking about like,
3: just on a kind of like practical level, like almost going through everything, even if it's like the tiniest thing that you kind of fancy him doing, like is it a really nice shirt that he wears or is it like, I don't know, For me, I always felt really attractive. The guy like puts their arm on the armrest while they're reversing. Like there's something that... oh, oh love that. <laughs> you got know, against car safety helmets, playing that. Like tiny moments like that. Like you, I don't know. Like encourage him in in all of these things, or like all of the characteristics. Like if he's I don't know, like generous, or like knows how to read a map, or I don't know. Like just kind of almost like praise him in all of these bits, and then hopefully they become more of a thing and then you can kind of grow an attraction from that. Yes. Thing I was thinking as well as I mean I've definitely prayed not to fancy people and that has
1: worked. It's gotta happen as well, right? <laughs> Why have you prayed not to fancy people? So I'm really intrigued by this. Like people who are, you know, clearly
3: not gonna ask me out or like
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just made this you turned this into a bit of a sad conversation now, Lizzie it was a long while ago, but I have done it honestly. Okay, all right. So potentially pray you know, really praying for, for that attraction for the husband. Okay, um, Marcy or Leah, have you got any thoughts on this reader's dilemma? He sounds like he's a really nice
2: person because she said he's very kind, he's very loving um, and all of that. And maybe um, she made that decision to marry him for a variety of reasons and... Um, so maybe I would say um, focus on those really good qualities that he, that he has, particularly being kind, um, being loyal, being loving, and focus on that and just ask God to, just ask God to help you um, for those feelings to be also transformed into some kind of sexual attraction as well so that you can enjoy intimacy with your husband because he
0: sounds like a really nice guy. I mean, what stood out for me is when she said that she was running out of options and he was, like, almost the best that, you know, was left. I don't know if that's how it was read. Maybe I misunderstood. But I think he's clearly better than you maybe first. Like, I know it seems that, like, maybe he was the last option, but actually he sounds like he's really decent. And the fact that they love each other is actually really more important. And I know that God can do it, and I believe he can. And I would just say, like, get on your knees every day until you feel like you've arrived there and just say, God, I want to fancy my husband because he's a beautiful, God will, because everyone's attractive, like, that, everybody is attractive. I really do believe that. So I would just say just pray. Yeah, just try not to look at other men and think they're more attractive than my husband yeah. that will just be. And make your husband look worse and worse and worse and your mind, it get bigger and bigger. When actually, you just have to say, God, give me eyes for my husband and my husband alone, and he'll do it.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. And it's kind of back to what Lizzie was kind of saying it's like, you know, focus on the things that you love, whether that's the way he drives or the way he, you know, does his hair or the way he dresses or all, all, all the way he treats you, because there's, you know, attractiveness coming. It's not just a physical thing you know what does this person look like when you've been with a person especially when you've been with them for a while what's attractive is a lot more than what you can see from the, from the outside um and and you know for me personally reading this question it sounds almost as though um this this reader is is perhaps feeling as though the grass is greener and that she should have waited for someone else or or that she's, all that she's kind of got the the raw end of the deal here, uh, which stands a bit unfair to her husband, who she says is, you know, kind and and she does love him. So I think that you know the prayer and just focusing on the good things that you guys have advised, that's seems really really helpful advice. Does anyone else have anything else to say before we send this reader off with all of our wisdom? do you think just talking to singles out
0: there including myself like you know don't ever feel like you, there's only a few people left so you have to sort of panic by because that's not like right yeah I'm not saying that that's exactly what she's done but just don't because you you really do it does take a lot to make a marriage work anyway so you really want to make sure that you try and wait for god's plan because it will make it easier
1: Thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed the conversation join me next time where I'll be speaking with three more incredible women about real life and real faith for more inspiring conversations
2: articles and opinions head to womanalive.co.uk woman alive real women real lives real faith